Welcome to the outreach ministry of Bishop Victor Gill, prophet of the nation. Coming to you from the Caribbean paradise, the Republic of Trinidad and Tobago. Join us right now for an experience that can change your life. Get ready for your miracle. chapter and the first verse. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Today I want to share with you on the subject, keeping your balance. The word of God says, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord. An abomination means something that is strongly hated by God because it is offensive to his character. In this particular context, the Bible says if all's balance is an abomination to the Lord, if all's balance was a practice used by corrupt merchants to trick buyers when they sold goods, and many of you know about that. People practice that. They tell you, you, you they're giving you a pong, but the weight that they put to balance the scale is not equal to the pound that they are selling you. So when you think you are getting a pound, you're getting less than you say, what? Like. So this is what God says he hates. A false balance. In the broader context, the text is speaking about falsehood in any kind of commercial business. Deuteronomy chapter 25 verses 15 and 16 says, you must have true and honest weights and measures so that you will live long. You will live a long time in the land that the Lord is giving you. The Lord your God hates anyone who is dishonest and uses dishonest measures. Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 36 says, Just balances, just weights shall you give. I am the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Also you can look at Leviticus chapter 19, 36, Proverbs 16, 11. Proverbs 20, 10, Leviticus 19, 35 through 36, Micah 6, 10, and 11. So we see by these verses that God was very emphatic on the subject of a just balance. However, there's a deeper message than commercial business. Whenever you see something so emphatic in the Bible, usually there's a deeper message than just what you see on the surface. More than anything else, God is concerned about balance in handling his word. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, the Bible says that we must study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That could also be put this way. Balancing the word of truth. The Amplified Bible says correctly analyzing the word. Another translation says cutting in a straight line the word of truth. 
In other words, God wants us to have an accurate balance in our handling of the word of God. Because many of the heresies that have led multitudes astray, many of the preaching and teaching that has bound and destroyed many souls, in many cases, were due to a lack of balance. Truth out of balance. Promises of God out of balance are nothing but sugar-coated poison. Many, many damnable heresies are simply truth out of balance. Truth taken to an extreme. An extreme unwarranted by scripture. However good one's intention might be, it is no excuse for imbalance. And so today I want to share with you a few areas where we need balance doctrinally. Number one, eternal security. Eternal security is a teaching that is taught in different ways by different denominations. And just to name a few, you have Calvinism, Catholicism, Arminianism, and free grace. I believe in eternal security. However, my position, or rather any position that exposes once you are saved, there's nothing to worry about, leaves much to be desired. And it's definitely not a balanced and safe position. Anything that is not balanced is liable to fall very easily. John 8 and verse 36 says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. In Hebrews 7 and verse 25, it says, Therefore, he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Again, in Hebrews 10 verse 16 through 17, it says, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, said the Lord. I will put my law into their hearts and in their minds I will write them and their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Now I believe that these are promises we must believe in, we must, we must hold to, we must, we must claim. However, human responsibility has an important part in our salvation. Hebrews, 11, Hebrews 3 and verse 14 says, For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Uh-oh. But I thought we were already partakers of Christ. But it says, We have become partakers of Christ if, if, condition, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end if we keep the confidence that we had at the beginning steadfast to the end then the bible says we are partakers of christ hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12 says beware brethren lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living god why will this warning be given if a departure from God 
were not a real possibility. As a matter of fact, that possibility of departing from God is the occasion for the entire book of Hebrews. It is because of the persecution they were facing, some were tempted to depart from their faith in Christ and go back to Judaism for shelter. And so the writer dealt with the possibility and the reality of apostasy. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 1, and we all know that the Spirit speaks expressly. And in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And you cannot depart from something that you were not a part of. 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 22 says, But it happened to them according to the true proverb, the dog has returned to its vomit, and the pig that was washed from its wallowing in the mud, it has returned to the mud. Concerning the matter of eternal security, I say there are four main views. Calvinism, which is also called the doctrine of perseverance, which says, once you are saved, you are saved. Even if you falter, even if you stumble, even if you backslide, even if you sin, you will persevere. Somehow you will get up, you will go again, but you could never lose your salvation. And that is where we differ. The next position is Catholicism. Catholicism says you are saved, you are secure, but you have to go through purgatory. So you have to experience a piece of hell unless the Pope likes you and decides to canonize you. Prepare to spend a couple million years burning in hell to purify your sins. That is heresy. Then you have free grace. Free grace is sort of a similar to Calvinism in the sense that it says once you believe, you go to heaven regardless of how you live. And then you have Armenianism, which says a true Christian can fall from grace and be condemned to hell. So the general Pentecostal view is Armenianism, which means although you are saved and secure now, you can lose your salvation if you fool around with it. If you live slack. And if you habitually sin, you can lose your salvation. You can lose your salvation if you backslide into worldliness. The word of God teaches that salvation is equal to a deliverance from the world. Being saved and being delivered from the world are synonymous, homogenous expressions. So that to go back into the world is to lose your soul, is to lose your salvation. The world is the enmity en is an enmity with God. James 1 verse 4. You adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that fellowship with friendship with the world is enmity with God? There are three enemies the Christians have. The devil, the flesh, and the world. We have a responsibility to live a certain way in order to keep our salvation. Paul said in 2 Timothy, Corinthians 13 and verse 5, examine yourselves, check yourselves whether you are in the faith, prove, test your own selves, know you not yourselves, how that Christ is in you, except you have become reprobates or rejected or disqualified. Examine yourself. 
Philippians 2 and verse 12 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear. Come on, somebody. Do I have a church in here? Come on, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Fear and trembling. Hear me now. For those who will say, I am not really a Calvinist, but I believe if you are saved by faith, you are saved and eternally secure. You don't have to live the rest of your life asking yourself if you are saved. My response is this. It is better to live the rest of your short life here in this world wondering if you are saved than to spend eternity regretting that you are not. And when I say wondering if I am saved, I am not speaking in the context of doubting the effectiveness, the efficaciousness, the efficacy, and the perfection of what Christ did. But I am talking about acknowledging my own frailty, my own potential to stray, to backslide, to fall away, and eventually end up in hell. As a matter of fact, here again is what the word of God says. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 17. Hear what Peter says. I like this. If you call upon the Father who without respect of person or without partiality judges according to each man's work, conduct yourselves through the time you stay here in fear. You hear that? The new King James says, spend the time of your sojourning here. In other words, spend your short stay here in fear. Listen to me what Peter is saying. If you call upon the Father who judges according to every man's works without respect of persons, live the short life here in fear. In other words, fear every day. Tremble. He said, because when you meet God, it's no respect of person. His judgment will be according to truth. I believe the church is eternally secured. As a matter of fact, it was chosen and redeemed and glorified before the foundation of the world. But who in the final analysis will make up that church is another story. That is where you have to strive to make sure that your calling and election is sure. Let me talk about sanctification number two. There are two dimensions of sanctification. Positional sanctification and practical sanctification. First of all, sanctification means purification. To purify, to cleanse, to set apart, to make holy. Because of the price Jesus paid for our sins in his death on the cross, his burial and resurrection, we are sanctified. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11 says, But such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. But scriptural revelation does not stop there. We need to balance the doctrinal scale. Galatians 5, 19 through 21 says, Now the works of the flesh are evident which are these, adultery, fornication, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissension, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and such like of which I tell you before, hand and 
and I also tell you, told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The Bible said if you practice any of these, if they become a habit in your life, you will not go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy. So when I hear people saying, but you are sanctified already. Don't worry, if the Lord sanctify you, it's he who shed his blood. And when he shed his blood for us, we were sinners. We were, we were sinners. We had nothing to do with it. It's the Lord who sanctifies us. As if to say, you know, don't worry about this sin that you have committed. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. Oh, what are you talking about? Don't worry. What are you talking about? What kind of imbalance is that? What kind of false scale? My Bible says, listen to me. People are living in sin. They are going to hell. And some preachers need to tell them. Listen to me. You don't just want to feel secure, you know. You want to be secure. You see, something the devil deceives us. You see, the heart of man. That is why I believe the biggest mistake we make is to be prayerless. Because without prayer, our own hearts will deceive us. When we pray, God fills our hearts and gives us revelation. Without prayer, we say, you know what? If we, if, 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 we, if we talk about too much about sin, we feel insecure. We make people feel insecure. My friend, listen to me. What will make people, it's not how they feel. You can feel secure, but be more insecure than when you feel insecure. Then you secure yourself. So no, I want people to feel secure. Yeah, but by wanting to make them feel secure, you make them insecure. Or would you like to know you, you, you felt safe driving on a road and there's a precipice up there in the dark and nobody told you anything because they want you to feel secure. I don't want to upset you. I need to go brave. Go up, dog. You will die like a dog. Security is in knowing the truth. There are people who are telling people now, go on with your life. My friend, if you make a bad turn, running faster is not solving the problem. You're just, you're just going further in wrong. To go forward sometimes, you have to go back and pick up some pieces. Make it right. Pause for a cause and fix your mess. Mop up your stuff and then go forward. This go forward is alive from the very belly of Lucifer. Let me preach it here. It was hatched in hell to destroy souls. Many people need to go back and repent. Go back and put some things straight in their life. Go back to your husband. Go back to your wife. The person of your God preach up in you. Revelation chapter 2 verses 4 and 5. It says, nevertheless, I have this against you. That you have left your first love. Remember therefore from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works. Or else I will come to you quickly. And remove your lampstand 
from its place unless you repent. Could I preach up in here? I don't know about you, but I know when Pentecostal used to be the holy rulers, when we used to be afraid of the world and afraid of sin, and when we used to fill the prayer meeting, and women would be crying, and people would be crying and seeking the Lord. Now we are too blessed to be stressed, and the prayer meetings are empty. But Jesus said, I have this against you. Listen to what I have. With all your new cars, and you don't have garage to park them. He said, you have all of that, but you don't have this. The most important ingredient, you have left your first love. Number three, let me talk about blessings and tribulation. Romans 5 and verse 17 says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through one man, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through Jesus Christ. So, we are here and we need to reign in life. We need to reign. God wants us to reign in life. John 10 and verse 10 says, The thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so we talk about the abundant life and the abundant Christian life. The picture they paint many times, many pulpiteers, is that there is a methodology a formula, a formula to live by that will cause you to experience the successful Christian life. The overcoming life, the victorious life. And I want to make it clear here that I believe 100% in living the successful Christian life. However, the question that begs to be asked is what is really the successful Christian life. For I hear the Bible saying in Acts 14 and verse 22, we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 36 through 39, I like what it says there about the others. It says, others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yea, over bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sworn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They were so approved in God's sight that the world was not worthy to have such great people on it. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received another promise. Here the Bible speaks about Christians who were destitute. They wandered in deserts, in dens, and caves of the earth. Yet the Bible says, they receive a good report. And the Bible says they died without receiving the promise. In other words, the things that they were expecting to receive in this life, they did not receive them. But in spite of that, they kept their faith and they died in faith. And the Bible says these people obtained a good report. Hear me today. I am not saying that you should go about looking for a desert to wander in. 
And by the way, we have no deserts in Trinidad, so you don't have to worry about that. But what I want you to see is that a successful Christian life, while I believe in having a good home and having nice things and all of that, that is not necessarily the, the successful Christian life. The successful Christian life is not measured by how things look on the outside, by how it looks in the eyes of men. For these people were suffering. These people did not have a home to dwell in. I heard Jesus saying, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man have nowhere to lay his head. I hear Paul saying that in this world we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. I am not saying that you should be wandering here and wandering there. If you have a house, bless God and thank God for it. Amen. Serve him more with joy and gladness. And if there's a traveler along the way and you can give them a night on their journey in evangelism or whatever, take them in because God bless you for a purpose. Are you there with me, somebody? But don't you ever think that the successful Christian life is that we must have a seminar on how to make money and how to get this and how to get that you say what are you saying preacher over the years i've heard about many seminars and people are having this and it's always about how to succeed how to how to how to have more money how to get more this how to overcome that and how to look like you're really making it amen i never heard anybody coming and teaching amen that you would go through suffering how to go through the valley and still remain faithful how to keep your marriage this you know, let me put it this way this is not the emphasis today and I want you to see the concept of a successful Christian life is false for the most part what is being projected amen you could be struggling and you are successful amen you could be facing difficulties hardship and yet you are pleasing God God is proud of you heaven is smiling at you amen the Bible said looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is now sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven the bible said let him be your example lest you be weary and faint in your mind look unto jesus when everyone forsook him he stayed in the middle of the road look unto jesus when those he loved and those he fed and those he healed and those he delivered where was lazarus when he walked the via dolorosa where was mary and martha where was peter james and john everybody forsook him but yet he was in the will of god let me tell you, child of God, don't measure yourself in these last days by how things look to men. Sometimes when God begins to process you and you begin to obey God and you begin to go in the direction that God wants you to go, then he got to strip you like Moses and you find yourself, if it's not 40 hours, 40 days, 40 weeks, 40 months, and sometimes it might be 40 years in the backside of the desert where God got to take some things out of you before he could bless you, before he could use you glory be to God but don't worry about it if you know it is God and if the Holy Ghost is in you let me tell you something the our security is the Holy Ghost the Bible says he that has if a man has not the spirit of God he's none of his so I don't care if you are down in the valley as long as the Holy Ghost is there I don't care if you are up on the mountain I don't care if you are in Parliament serving God just make sure you have the Holy Spirit
We appreciate the time you spent with us today. If you need prayer right now, send us an email to info at victorgill.org or call now at 1-868-266-1830 and we will pray for you to get your miracle. You can partner with Bishop Gill to bring healing to the nations by donating any amount at www.victorgill.org. Thank you. From our family to you, God bless you richly.